Today's daf is daf pei. We're holding at the Mishnah towards the bottom of Ein Testament base. This Mishnah uh, elucidates on the different takanas that were made in Eretz Yisrael because of Yishuv Haaretz, is that, that the importance of settling the land and not creating problems for people that their land should be damaged by others. And one of those takanas, a pretty extreme takana, is that a behemadaka, behemadaka are small domesticated animals, goats, sheep, you are not allowed to raise in Eretz Yisrael because this led to these animals going to other people's lands and grazing and damaging in their lands. So they made a blanket gzeira that, that these animals should not be grazed in Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> So one says like this: Ain megadlin behemadak of Eretz Yisrael. You are not allowed to raise small domesticated animals in Eretz Yisrael. Of a megadlin besuria in Syria is Aram Tsova, which is today mostly modern day Syria, which was annexed by David Amelech. Did not have the, all of the requirements and uh, uh, and and the importance of settling of Eretz Yisrael did not apply there. Therefore, they did not apply the gzeira there, which allowed them to be raised there, which means that they had a place to import these animals from if they needed. Over midbaros shall Eretz Yisrael. Uh, and if a person wanted to take these animals out and raise them in the desert areas of Eretz Yisrael where people didn't live and therefore was not going to damage other people's property, you could do that as well. Chickens could not be raised in Jerusalem because of the holy foods. Kachikalim were carbonists that were eaten throughout Yerushalayim and these chickens were notorious for going into the, the city dumps and they would peck, and they would uh, uh, throw up pieces of sherets. There's eight shrotsim that their carcasses caused tumor, and if they got these pieces of shrotsim flying all over the place, and people are trying to eat kachim, so therefore it could create quite a problem, and therefore you could not raise chickens in Yerushalayim. Below Kohanim, and Kohanim could not privately raise chickens, but Eretz Yisrael, anywhere in Eretz Yisrael, because they had a problem, is that people would give them truma. So wherever you lived, any Kohen lived in Israel was being given truma. At any given time, there was a lot of truma in his possession. And again, these pieces of shrotzim would make Tomei the truma that he had. So he was not allowed to raise chickens. Because of the pure foods that he had in his possession. Pigs can never be raised anywhere. We'll see why later. A person is not allowed to raise a dog. A dog is because it's considered to be a vicious creature. It causes, it bites people. It causes women to, uh, to miscarriage because of their fear of the dog. Therefore, dogs are not to be, which instill fear, are not to be raised. Anywhere? Unless you have him tied with a, a, uh, no, this is, this is anyway. This is not, uh, tied with a, a, a chain. You chain the dog, then you're allowed. Ain't parts in the shivan leyonim. You're not allowed to spread traps and nets for cat, to catch pigeons. Unless you're 30 risks away from the, uh, the, the city. 30 risks is 4 million, so I guess 7.5 mil, 7.5 risks in a mil, which is about a thousand yards. So, uh, around the perimeter of anything past, uh, the, 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 uh, 30 risks, then you're catching wild birds. But if you're closer to the city within 30 risks, then your birds you'd be catching, uh, often would be birds of privately owned, uh, owned birds, and that you would not be allowed to do. 
You're not allowed to raise these small domesticated animals in Eretz Yisrael, but you can raise them in a forest, even in Eretz Yisrael, even privately owned forests. We're going to learn is that Ezra, when, one of the Akonis Ezra, when they divide up the land, is they said forest area, forest region in Eretz Yisrael is, is, is available to anybody to come and use. And never, even if you owned, it's a private forest, anybody had a right to use it, so therefore they did not make the Takana of uh, the Behemadaka applicable to the uh, forest in Eretzisra. Now, the Surya, and in Surya, even in the, in the settled area, in not, not just the forest, even in settled areas, you're allowed to raise the Hemadaka like we learned in our Mishnah. And for sure, in Chutzaretz, we don't want people to even settle over there, so why should we want to protect their land, and therefore there's no problem of raising the Hemadaka in Chutzaretz. Tanya, here we have another Braisa. You cannot raise small domesticated animals in Eretzisra. But you can raise them in desolate, in 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 in, uh, in desert-like areas. That, like in Yehuda, it's giving examples of a midbar shesfar Akko, and like in the desert of Sfar Akko, you're on the border of Akko. You want to go raise them there? You can do that. And even though they made the gzeir apply to small domesticated animals. But they did not make it to the larger domesticated animals like uh, uh, cows and, 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 and horses. On that, they did not make the gzera, even though it could be argued that they also will go into other people's land and, and uh, graze. graze. However, the Gemara says a very important point. When it comes to gzeras, we never institute a, a, a decree that we know that the majority of people are going to have difficulty keeping and then ultimately not end up keeping. And the reason why, therefore, even though it should have made sense to extend this not only to be Hamadaka but to be Hamagasa as well, <coughs> is because the importing of the Hamadgasa the Hemadako, small animals was easy to import. They were easy to transport. It was easy to import. It was not a problem. The Hemagasa would have been much more difficult to bring from the outside. And therefore, since it was much more difficult to bring from the outside, they felt that if they just put a ban on it, then people are not going to... Uh, are, are just not going to be able to keep it because of the difficulty of importing them. Therefore, they did not apply the Xera to Behemoth Gasa. And the Behemoth Gasa was critical. They needed it for carrying, they needed it for plowing. I thought if they were Xera, that means they're not allowed to have them. They're not allowed to raise them. You're not allowed to raise. You're not allowed to to uh, cultivate and raise. I guess okay. we're going to see for unique, specific situations, you were allowed to use them. In situations, certain cases, they were allowed to. But they... So we're going to see. For we're going to see that there were permits. We'll see what scenarios are allowed. All right. Sigmar says like this. Sigmar says. Um, because we do not decree a uh, institute a decree against the community that the majority of the community are not able to keep to it. If you need a behemadaka, uh, we're going to see for certain purposes, for slaughtering purposes, for food purposes, you can bring from the outside when you need it. But behemagasa, but if you need a behemagasa, he actually It was much more difficult to import from outside of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore, and therefore, they did not extend it to the decree to behemagasa. Now, this answers with your questions. Even though you're not allowed to raise them, generally, when they were needed, is for meat purposes. So, therefore, you are allowed to have them thirty days. You're allowed to keep them. 
uh, in your possession. The Rajma says, but you have to have them uh, locked up. They have to be stabled. They couldn't be out grazing in the fields. So under care, under watch, you're allowed to have them 30 days uh, before a holiday when you needed to meet. The Kodam Mishtas, but no, for a wedding, let's say your son's wedding, they needed to meet. But what you're not allowed to do is delay the last one 30 days. As we're going to see in the Gemara, what that means is that you're not allowed to say like this. It's not, 30 days is the maximum before the occasion. But let's say you bought it 15 days before the occasion. So there might be a person as a chacham, he says, I'm allowed 30 days, so since I only bought it 15 days before the occasion, I can go 15 days afterwards. No. The, it means that even the last one, you're not allowed to delay until after the occasion. The latest one purchase cannot be de- per- delayed, even if it's, even if you have, the, you, it's less than 30 days. To because what I would have thought to say, to inafikle regal, because it's say, uh, the, the, the holiday, uh, is already finished, the completed. And the time when you purchased this animal, until now, in 30 days are not yet up. So you might think, okay, so maybe I can keep it after the holiday. Lo name, I shouldn't say, Talsin Shamishra Sharili Lishahuya, the Chacham gave me 30 days to hold on to, to keep this animal. So Ella, that's not the case. Kaver the Nafik, they regal, once the, uh, the, the holiday has been completed, is finished, you cannot leave any of these animals, even if you're keeping it under lock and key, you can't keep the animal past 30 days. Hatabach, now a butcher, butcher's business is dealing in meat. But the way it used to work is there are certain times during the year which are called uh, Yom HaShuk, marketplace, market day. And that's when people used to buy the meat. So the Tabach, he's got the same 30-day permit, it just, his 30 days, or as long as it's 30 days before the Yom HaShuk. He's allowed to import the animals to slaughter within 30 days of the Yom HaShuk. <coughs> and we're going to see. But once the Yom HaShuk is over, he's not allowed to hold on to the animals. And again, the Rajput says it means he's not allowed to let them graze. He's allowed to watch them. But that's only a special permit because of these special events. But throughout the year, you would not be allowed to hold on to these animals. Hatabach lokach v'shochet lokach v'shohet. The, the butcher is allowed to slaughter and uh, he's allowed to purchase for slaughter and he's even allowed to purchase and hold on to it until the Yamashuk. As long as he doesn't do the cheshben of keeping the one that's been delayed. The word aguna is, comes from the word a woman's delayed in marriage. She can't get married. He also the one that was delayed, the one that was purchased last. You can't keep it past the Yamashuk after it's 30 days. You have to get rid of it by the Yamashuk. Shalom Talmud of Rabban Gamliel. We're going to learn like Rashi. The students asked Rabban Gamliel, Ma'ala Gadel, can I raise? They wouldn't know exactly what they were asking. So Amr Lehen Mutri says, you can raise. So I mean, they, the original question thought it was, Behemadaka, can I raise Behemadaka in Eretz Yisrael? Fatanan Ein Megad. The Mishnah says, you can't. So why are they saying you can? Can I keep? I'm not raising, but I'm holding on to it under lock and key. If it's under lock and key in my stable, can I keep Behemadaki in Erejusol? So Amalahan Mutter. So Rashi learns, he's disagreeing with the Chachamim we learned before. He says that if it's under lock and key, it's in your stable, you're allowed to keep it even past. There's no restriction of 30 days before the event. So all, year, all, all year, as long as you keep it stable, all year you don't ra- graze it outside. He was uh, saying it's okay, which is arguing, says Rashi, with the Chachamim, because the Chachamim only said the Brisa. The Chachamim said that the only permit is what thirty days before the event. 
And as long as it doesn't go out and graze with the flocks, then it's permissible. You can tie it to his bed. I mean, love to have tie it to his bed, but he can tie it to the legs of his bed. It means that he keeps it indoors, he keeps it in the stable. We bring a brysa. It says as follows. Maisa, because it has a story with a certain pious person. Malibo is having heart pains. And they came to the doctors and they said, what do you do? Samru, they told them, This person, in order to remove his heart ache, has to nurse, he has to suckle uh, warm milk, goat milk, each morning. That's what he needs. So, they bought him a goat, they tied it to the legs of his bed. And he would nurse from this goat every morning to make himself feel better. Now, obviously he's paskining like Rabban Gamliel. Because according to the Rachamim, you would not be allowed to do this. Why would you not be allowed to do this? That's it. So, the Yomim, after uh, some days, there is... His, what? So, the Mepharshim discussed can't be that it was mamish pikuach nefesh because l'chorah then it would have been permissible but it was, it was to make him feel better so his colleagues the chachamim wanted to come visit and see how he's doing so nechnasu chaveir of levakra they came to visit him kevin sharu osa eiz kshura bekare amito when they saw this goat tied to the legs of the bed chazer lachareyem they backed out of the house this fellow has an armed robber in his house. We're going to enter this house. This is, this, is a, this is a tool of robbery. It goes and damages other people's things, grace other people. We can't enter such a house. They sat and they examined the actions of this fellow. The most, the only Avera they could ever have attributed to this fellow was the tying of this goat to the bed. And so too he, when he was saying the vidui, when he was atoning for his sins at the time when he died, that I know that I, the only sin that I have is that I transgressed my words of my colleagues by tying this goat to my bed. Even though, bear in mind, the way Rashi explained it, he still would be ruling with the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel, but he was going against the Chachamim, and he considered that to be his only sin. Osa Chosid, by the way, Chosid Echad, Maizu Chosid Echad, is usually Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba or Rabbi Yehuda bar Eloi. We learn out in other places in Shas. Okay. I'm Rabbi Yishmol. Mibalabatim shebegolala ilyon elyon hoyu beis abba. So Yishmol said that my my uh, father's household, my ancestors used to live in the Upper Galilee. Mibnei macharvu. And why was it that their settlements, their 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 uh, places of, of of their houses, why were they all destroyed? That uh, I guess by the. Uh, by the Romans, I guess, because they would graze their animals in the forest. Now, even though there's nothing wrong with it, in the forest is okay, but uh, they'll see exactly what was wrong with that. And even though, again, they would, they would adjudicate monetary cases with only one judge. The halacha is, with an with a expert, you, can, you don't need three. But they used to do that on a common basis, which was wrong. And even though the forest that they had close to their houses 
were okay. You can, you can graze animals in a forest. It's not a problem. You could even raise the animals in a forest. But, it required them to cut through one little field, one small field, and that field that they would cut through, that was considered a violation because that would damage the property of that person. That caused them to lose their own settlement, their own houses were destroyed because of that. Tan Rabonan, Roesh Asa you have somebody that is in violation of this edict, of this decree, and this uh, shepherd now does tshuva. Now he has thousands of animals that he wants to get, he has to get rid of because he needs to do tshuva. He's not allowed to hold of them. Ein Mechaivin Osalim Karmiyad. We do the right thing by him because we're going to dissuade uh, uh, him doing uh, tshuva. Uh, if, if we tell him that you have to get rid of everything. So we give him like a timeline. We give him time to get rid of the animals so that he doesn't take a big loss. Slowly but surely, he can get rid of the animals. So too, a convert that has dogs or pigs fall to him in a Yerusha, in an inheritance, which is also to, to, to have, we don't have to sell him off right away to cause him a loss. We may allow him to sell it off slowly. Someone made a nether that he's going to move to Eretz Yisrael, purchase a house there and marry a woman. We don't say, listen, the first thing that comes to your hand, you've got to purchase, or the first woman that comes to you, you have to marry. Uh, uh, he has to find the property and the wife that fits his needs, that is going to be the appropriate one for him. The story with a certain woman, that, uh, there, that she had a son, she was a single mother, and she had a son that was causing her tremendous sorrows, tremendous distress. So Kavtsa, she jumped up, and Nishba, and she swore, call me Shayavo, anyone that comes and uh, w- wants to marry me, so that I'll have at least somebody who will help me take care of this Vildachaya, so anybody that comes to marry me, I'm not going to turn him away. She didn't realize what's going to happen. A whole bunch of people who were not fit for her jumped to marry her. She made a shvua, first come, first serve. On the other hand, you got all these people, so what do I do? So Amru, the Chachamim said, we understand in the shvua that that she only wanted somebody that's going to work for her, is going to be fit for her, not somebody that would not be cause of more service than she has now. Just as they said, you cannot raise small domesticated animals in Eretz Same thing is true by non-domesticated animals, such as like a deer or fox or things like that. You cannot raise also in Eretz Yisrael. That you're allowed to raise Kloven, Kufrin, Rashi, in the first shot, little dogs. Little dogs, we're going to see they have a benefit. They're not wild and scary, and they don't make women miscarriage, they don't bite people. But little dogs, you're allowed to have. The chatulin, and you're allowed to have uh, cats. The kofin, you're allowed to have monkeys. The chuldas and you're allowed to have uh, bush weasels. Okay. Because these uh, creatures. They help remove rodents. They clean out the, they, they keep the houses from clear of rodents, and therefore you're allowed to have them. They serve a purpose. My chuldosnoim, what exactly are these chuldosnoim, these bush weasels, whatever they are? So, Amrav Yehuda, Shirtsa Chartsa. 
Shirtzacharitza is they look like they're crawling, like they're creeping on the ground, and charitza uh, uh, and they dig. They crawl and they dig, right? What's that? I don't know. The Ika de Amri, and some say it's Kharzo, it's a stinging animal. Some say like a porcupine and his quills. The Katini Shaka that has short feet. And they, they graze among the bushes. My Shirtzo, why, what does it mean they crawl? Why does it look like they're creeping or crawling? The Mesose Shaka, they have very short feet. This is they have very short feet when they move. It looks like they're creeping along the ground. You don't see them actually like walking. <laughs> is that Eretz Yisrael, when, they, when, when the Jews were exiled to Bovel, the, the, the Yishuv was so great that they extended, they took upon themselves the decree that was in Eretz Yisrael. They also took upon themselves to have that same decree of not raising Behemadako in Bovel. Well, if that's true, if you, if, if the Chachamim all agreed to extend the decree to Bavel, so why do you have Behemadako? What are you doing with Behemadako? So Amalei Didan, he says, the ones that we have come into Luchova. My wife Chova watches them. She safeguards and therefore we don't worry that it's a problem. So Amalei, so the response, very difficult to understand this Gemara, but the response was, Rabbi Abba said, Chova Tikbarina Livno, that Chova is bearing her children. So Rashi brings down over here is that you're relying on her and she's not going to be able to do it correctly, so you're going to end up bearing your children. Others say is that, um, that in violation of this takana, that you're going to, that you're causing Chova to bury her children. But either way, he never meant it as a curse. But when something from a great person is said, so it's Kishkaga Yotzam and Pia Sholit. So like, and, and unfortunately, that these things uh, have impact. And they have a Kulishne, this is in Bavel. Kulishne of Adabar Ava, the entire lifetime of Rav Adabar Ava, that he was alive, Lo Ekayim Zara Rav Huna Amichova. He was not able to sustain children. The children kept dying that were born to Chova. Ikeda Amri, there's another version of the story, was that Amravuna Amarav, Asinat Mimbabal, Kerb Erjisral, Midlabahemadaka, Michi Asarav Lebavel. That this decree that was extended to Bavel happened only when Rav moved from Erjisral to Bavel. I think Rabbein HaKadosh actually sent Rav to go open up a yeshiva in Bavel to service all the Jews that were there. But when he came, a lot more people moved with him, and therefore that's when they extended this gezerah to um, to not raise Behemadaka in uh, even in Bavel. Uh, we have a story, an interesting story is halachic ramifications. Rav, Vishmul, Rav Asi. So you have Rav and Shmuel who are colleagues. Rav Asi is a Talmud of Rav. Iklu lebei Shavua haben. They went to... Now, Rashi brings down Shavua Ben is a bris. They went to a bris, and it's called Shavua Ben because the child has passed through seven days. Right? It started the eighth day before circumcision. So they went to it, which is the Sudas Mitzvah. There's a marshal discusses over here the concept of what events need a Sudas Mitzvah. He brings down this Gemara. According to Rashi, this is the source that you need to have a party, a Sudas Mitzvah by a bris milo. Right. Others learn, by the way, it was there's a custom to make a meal the night before a bris. We don't necessarily have that custom, but others even learn that it's referring to the shalom zachar, 
And this is talking about the Shalom Zohar, and this is the source for making a Shalom Zohar that you make it into a party. So therefore, the, the Marashal points out, I think it's Rav, I remember which one, I've had a long time since I saw it, but that Rav would not eat unless it's a Sudas Mitzvah. So he proves whatever you learn it's going to be, that proves that that event was a Sudas Mitzvah, because Rav would not go otherwise. How do you know he ate? Okay, that's a good question. But the point is, Tzmashma, he went there to partake in the Seuda, and therefore these things must be a Sudas Mitzvah. So one, some opinions say that it's talking about the bris, Famila Yeshua Haben. Rashi learns Yeshua Haben is the redemption of the child as a pidyon Haben. Child was a bechor, and it was a pidyon Haben. Again, this would be a source for making a suddas mitzvah out of a pidyon Haben. Rav Lo'ayl, Rav refused to walk through the door first, Kamei to Shmuel, because he gave uh, uh, deference, he deferred to Shmuel. But Shmuel did not want to go Lo'ayl Kamei to Ravasi. He didn't want to go before Ravasi. He felt Ravasi was greater than him. So basically, you got three of the great Chachamim standing there, no one wanting to go through the door. So what do you do? So Ravasi, Lo'ayl, Ravasi refused to go in. Kamei to Rav, his Rebbe was Rav. So Amri man nitrak. So they said the solution would be let somebody stay behind. Somebody not go through. Because if you go three in a row, then it looks like somebody went before someone. But let somebody like wait out, like wait five minutes and then go. That way it doesn't look like somebody went before him. Okay, but who should stay outside? Let's figure out which of the three should stay outside. So nitrak shmuel. So they decided, you know what, Shmuel, you wait outside. You hang out out here, and the two of us are, Rav will go, and then his Talmud Ravas, he'll go, and then you'll hang out here. Says more of a Nasi Rav Ravasi, and let Rav and Ravasi go through. Practicing more of a Nitrach Rav or Ravasi, why should Shmuel stay outside? Why didn't Rav or Ravasi stay outside? Sigmora says like this, in truth, Rav was actually greater than Shmuel. This is more in Tainus, I think it was. That in truth, Rav was actually greater than Shmuel as well. Except, the Gemara brings down in Shabbos, Shmuel was Rav's physician. And Rav did something that caused, Shmuel, uh, Shmuel did something that caused Rav great pain. And his, in his pain, he said something that was construed to be a curse on Shmuel, and Shmuel did not have children because of it. And therefore, for the rest of Shmuel's life, Rav, whenever they came together, would show covered. It's actually Megillah, not Times. Would show uh, in Megillah. Shmuel would show uh, uh, Rav would show Shmuel Kavod in order to like just because he uh, placate him for what what he felt bad for what he had done. So technically, really, the order should have been Rav Ravasi was greater than Shmuel and then Shmuel, but Rav didn't want to go. So therefore, if somebody's going to stand hang out behind, it made sense that it was Shmuel. So Gemara says like this. So there, Mara says that Rav Milsa Ba'amhu da Avid Leila Shmuel. Rav was doing something special for Shmuel. Not that it was deserved necessarily. It was a special in, uh, 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 honor that he was uh, according him. Mishum da'ahu ma'isa to Latje Adabre. That he cursed him concerning his child. All right. What's that? Well, I said that was in Shabbos. The curse was in Shabbos. The Gemara that talks about where uh, that Rav would let always let go Shmuel go first. That's in 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 Megillah. All right. The Gemara says by Aliyah. The Gemara talks about an Aliyah that Rav would let Shmuel go first, even though Rav was the biggest Talmud Chacham. Shmuel was the Kohen, but a Talmud Chacham, the God of Ador, trumps the Kohen. So it talks about uh, okay. So Rav 
so therefore, Adbere Rav Ale, and Rav would only just show him special courtesy, but really, Shmuel was, Rav was greater than Shmuel. Adhachi Vahachi. So once this discussion is all going outside, like who goes on first, who goes, right? So once it's all going, happening outside, Asa <coughs> Shunra, a cat, must have been a wild cat, came, Kate Liyoda de Yanuka, and bit off the hand of a child. Nafag Rav Dorash, Rav went publicly and expounded, went out and expounded, Chatul Mutter Lahargo, that you're allowed to execute a cat, also Lakaimo, you're prohibited from maintaining a cat, the Ein Bomishum Gezel, and not only that, you do not have to worry about stealing somebody else's cat. If you see it, you can take it. You don't, there's no theft on a cat. And there is also not, uh, no requirement that if you find someone's cat, that you have to return it. But this more, means killing, you can go around and kill it? Yes. This cat? Yeah, any cat. With a gun. Any cat. With a gun, with a bow and arrow. All right. So why it says like this? Uh, <laughs> says the Gemara, but came into Amart, Mutalaharga. And what says, what do we need to say all of these things? If you're allowed to go and kill, now the understanding is, you're allowed to kill anybody's cat. I'm allowed to kill your cat. So my nihu tsu that also kaimo. So why does it have to say I'm not allowed to keep it? Obviously, if I'm allowed to even go and kill your cat, that's the, that's a good way of saying you're not allowed to keep a cat. So Mars has come out to say with Lahargo, the main thing is you're allowed to kill someone's cat, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the person is not allowed to keep his own cat. He can keep it, he just I'm allowed to kill your cat. But you, if you hide it from me, maybe you're allowed to keep it. The Mars says, and you still lake there's no prohibition. Kamash Malan, that no, that not only is that I'm not allowed uh, someone's allowed to kill my cat and it's also for me to even have a cat. So Amri came into Amrit Ainbo Mishum Gezel. We said there's no Din Gezel. I mean, the Chachomim were mafkir all cats. So I'm allowed to go to my next door neighbor and I'm allowed to take his cat, steal his cat. So Gemara says, so my new to Ainbo Mishum Hashem Aveda. Obviously, then why do I have to tell me that I don't have to give it back as an Aveda? If I'm allowed to steal his cat, then why do you have to tell me there's no mitzvah of Hashem Aveda? Lebailin. So Amravina Leoro means you don't even have to give back the skin. You might think, okay, you know what? I don't, I'm allowed to kill the person's cat, but Lamaisa, that person still owns the, the skin. Maybe he wants himself, make himself a nice pair of cat shoes or whatever it is. You're not required to give back the skin. Mesevei, the one has the following question. Is we just learned over here that's also to raise, uh, to keep a cat. But the Bryce has said, Rav Shimon ben Eloza Omer, Vegadlin Klov in Kufrin, you're allowed to keep, you're allowed to raise small dogs. Vechatulin, and you're allowed to raise cats. The Kofin and, 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 uh, monkeys. Vechuldos and, uh, Tznoyen and, and, and bush weasels. Because they are used to, um, to, to clean out the house. They help keep the houses clean of, of, of vermin. So I, I guess the kasha has to be, I mean, because this story is a xera that happened after the bryson. But I guess if there's a beferish of bryson that says there's a positive reason to keep cats, then how could they go ahead and make a xera against the bryson? It's more says like kasha. It depends what kind of a cat. Now, the way Rashi learns, it's the white ones are the vicious ones. Right? We always have a thing against black cats. But the white ones are the vicious ones. And the story, we're going to say, that, that, uh, that elicited a was against all the white cats. 
The black ones are more docile, and those are the ones that help get the vermin. You can keep those in your house. But the story with Rav was a black one. So how can you tell me his gzera was against the white one? Is that very story was a black one? Was it awesome? Uchma bar chivra have. It was the uh, it, it was a a black one that its father had been a white one, and since it's a black one that the father had been a white one, that genetic uh, viciousness that white ones have was contained within the black one, and therefore the xero was made not only on white ones, but that xero was also made against. The white ones the that black, come from the black ones. The black ones that came from the white ones. No, the Xer was against all the white ones. But even though, uh, yeah, 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 but the Xer was even Extended. against the black ones that came from a generation before of a white one. Right, what should we say here? What is it like this? Sigmora says, so says the Gemara, Vahavi boy boy le Ravina, the Chora, Ravina asked this as a Shaila. If it's so pusha to you that the Xera was against black ones or were from white ones, so why is Ravina had the following Shaila? Boy Ravina, Ravina asked the following Shaila. Uchma bar Chivra Mahu. What's the status of a black one that comes from a white one? He asked that as a Shaila. And if that, the very case that was used to make the Xera against white ones was that case, then why would he even have that as a Shaila? His question was a, uh, a black one that was the son of a white one that was the son of a black one. That was his Shiloh. means you go back three generations. Meaning, if it is a black one, the, and, and a case, and my said the Rav was Uchma bar Chibra bar Chibra have. The case of Rav was a black one, the son of a white one, the son of a white one. So two generations of white, it's vicious when it comes out, even when it comes out black. His question is, if it's only, what? His question is, only if it goes back one generation uh, white. Black, white, and black, is that problematic as well? And that was the Shaila he asked. Chabad, Biach, Bachan, Simon. It's an upcoming uh, piece of Gemara. Each one has a mnemonic to it. Amar Rabbi Acha Bar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Ava Bar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Ada Bar Papa. Varmila Amar Rabbi Ada Bar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Chia Bar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Ada Bar Papa. Varmila on some side was Rabbi Ada Bar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Acha Bar Papa, Mishum Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa. Masriin ala chikuch b'shabes. Rashi learns that we, if, if there is chikuch, chikuch is that if you have some type of outbreak of boils or a skin disease that is causing uh, an itchiness that people are, that boils or something that is affecting them very badly. You can even, Rashi Lund Masrin, you can even blow shofros and, and trumpets to herald the, the seriousness and, and, and crying out to Hashem about what's going on and letting people know that we've been afflicted with this serious, uh, this serious disease. Even if it's on Shabbos. If you take an endeavor, a parnoso, any type of thing you're trying to accomplish, and the door is closed, means it just doesn't go, it's not work, it's not working for you, chances are it's not going to work. To get that door open would require a tremendous amount of tefillah and bakoshas from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But on the, nor- on the norm is that something that is, the door is closing on you, that door is not going to turn around and open. Somebody's purchasing a 
property, a house in Eretz Yisrael, close from the love owner, feel We'll see what that means. But you can write, the sales document can even be written on Shabbos because of the importance of the Chumrah of Yeshua Aris. We'll see what that means. May today, we learned in Abraiso. The Gemara tells us in Tainus that any uh, of other tragedies that are occurring and coming, that are uh, happening to the community, could go in. For example, Chichuch, our case, Chichuch, which is uh, the, the skin, the skin boils that are causing people to scratch. Chagav is locust, zvuv or flies, seira or wasps. Yitush are, flea, uh, are fleas or mosquitoes. Veshiluch nechashiv akrovim an outbreak of being sent to give Hakadosh Baruch against us snakes or scorpions. Layu masrian they would not be masri according to Rashi means they would not blow shofar or blow trumpets. Elatzakin what they did allow is to cry out even though generally I don't ask requests on Shabbos but they would cry out. On Shabbos. So, but the point that the Mora is asking, it's saying, how can you say for this Chichuch that they did, they were Masriyim, and over here it says they were not Masriyim. And Rashi learns, talking means privately. They wouldn't make it a public thing. They would do it privately. That you could do. But Lemaise says it's a contradiction. So says, like Kasha. It's not a not con- not contradiction. Kan Belach, Kan Beyavash. Again, Rashi learns differently than others shown him. But Rashi learns, Lach, when it is a boil that is moist, so that it's not as bad as when it's dry. So therefore, I'm not exactly sure the, what this phenomenon is, but there's a dry boil and there's a wet boil, a moist boil. So the moist boils are less painful and less damaging than the dry ones. So the ones that you could even be masrian, blow shofar on Shabbos and then trumpets, are the dry ones. The ones that you're not supposed to, just a private person can cry out to Hashem on Shabbos, that is the moist ones. Dam Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, like Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, Shechin Shehevi HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ala Mitzrim, the type of boils that was one of the ten makas that the Egyptians were afflicted with, Lach Mi Bechutz Yavesh Mi Bafnim, on the outside was moist, but the main damage was inside, internally, on, on the inside of the boil, it was dry. Shenemar, like the Pesach says, that this shin was, uh, uh, was, 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 uh, how do you say, eruption, the eruptions on the outside, it was bubbling, it was, uh, but that which is much more moist, it was like, what? what? That's because that was, was visible. They couldn't see what was going on, on the inside. From the outside, they could see that only on the outside was pereach, whatever. But on the inside, Rashi, uh, Rashi says, On the outside, where it's pereach, where it was, it was expanding, and it was, on the outside, it was wet. But on the inside, it was dry. Vedelas and an elas love mehera tifatach that tifateach tifatach what's the right notion? Anyway, uh, that a, a a door that is closing will not uh, uh, quickly open up. What? Right. So Mara says, Maihi, what is that referring to? So Marzutra Amar Smicha. Marzutra spoke that that I guess it's something that that uh, uh, he said an example of that is somebody's trying to get smicha. And for some reason, in those days, you had to go to the Sanhedrin in Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalayim, and you had to get smicha from them. But for some reason, it wasn't working out. Like we find, there were people that just were not Zocha, Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, there's some people that were, if it's not working for you, chances are, it's not going to work. Ravashi Amar, Kol Amarin Loi, Lobi Mehera Meitivin Loi. 
that he says, an exam, another example, things that are not going good for you, if people are not treating you well, the chances are that they're not going to turn around and start treating you better. Things are, things are from Shemaim are not working out well for you, so then also it's not going to turn around and work out better. Forget about it, chances are. Forget it, that's it. If you're ready, you're start, starting to be dealt a bad hand, things are not dealing with you poorly, forget it, it's never going to get better. Where is it, Velohi? That pessimistic outlook of Rav Achabar Medifti was fueled by his own personal experience. But it doesn't mean that it'll never get better. It means it probably won't get better, but it can change with tefillah, or not, not that it never gets better. What happened with him? Rav Medifti, the Gemara tells us yeah, that uh, in, in Baba Basra, he was appointed to be the Rosh Hashiva. They needed to repent. And right before he took office, another person came into town that he was even greater than he was. And they took away the position and gave it to him. And he was never made Rosh Hashiva again. So he was speaking from his own personal, personal experience. He's about his own personal uh, uh, experience. Alright, Huda Amar. Okay. person who purchases a house in Eretz Yisrael is they 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 uh, write for him and oh no they write you can write a sale document I feel Shabbos even on Shabbos says in one of a Shabbos what are you telling me on Shabbos you really think you're allowed to be over one of the Lama Tes Malachas Kosev is one of the Lama Tes alright Ella the Amar Rava Hossam Rava explained that Omer Lenochri Va'ose Rava said, uh, this is more in, in Gitten, I think we had a word in, 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 in Shabbos and Beyo, okay, uh, that you can, uh, you can, that you can tell a guy to do it for you, even though there's normally there's a, a prohibition, Amir Akum, but it's only a Shvus, it's Durabonon, so for Yeshiva Aretz, you can be over that, but to Daraisa, you would not be allowed to. So Omer Lenochri for Osen, he can do it. So Achanami, so therefore he was explaining that in, 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 in another Gemara, we'll apply, that's what it means over here as well. It's Omer Lenochri, you tell a guy for Osen. Right, for Avel Gavda, Amir Lenochri, Shuz, and even though there's a prohibition, rabbinically, to tell a guy to do something for you on Shabbos, that's an Isser, where it says that Mishum Yeshiva Aretz, Eretz Yisrael, because of the importance of settling the land of Eretz Yisrael, Lo Gazru Bey, Rabbon and the Chachamim, did not and make such a xera. Um I think I, I have an uncle of mine uh, that, that told me that it, there was a, a situation bef- in the, during the British mandate I think it was with Rabbi, uh, uh, Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld that the British were giving out parcels of land and everyone got numbers when your number was called you had to come and get the deed and they were doing it round the clock, basically giving out the land, right? And the issue was whoever got the land, you know, that was very, very important. And the Arabs were vying for the land, and the the Jews were vying for the land, and they did it even on Yom Kippur. And he paskin that people should go on Yom Kippur to get these deeds because of Yeshiva Aretz. It means it was more important, and this was the source for that. That where we went. So I actually saw myself something very similar. I was visiting my brother-in-law. He lives uh, in a place called Sufim. It's uh, it's right. It's pa- it's right around the, with, right before the Green Line. But it's there. The issue of expansion of those uh, 
settlements was applicable there and they put a freeze they were going to start a freeze on the settlements it was going to start like a certain like the Sunday and I go visiting with Shabbos and I see bulldozers means if you had started a, if you had started work you could finish it but you weren't allowed to start a new project and they had all these bulldozers working on Shabbos in the settlements that Arabs doing it but basically they wanted to hop around and start the, start the projects they had planned because they knew they weren't going to be able to do, start them after the freeze was put in place. And it was also based on the same thing. It was an Amir al-Akum situation, but it's Yeshiva Arif. They felt that they passed and whoever they passed and told them that that was something they were allowed to do. Anyway, Amrav Shmobar Nachmeni Amrav Yonason Halokech Ir Be'eret Yisrael A person who purchases a city in Eretz Yisrael comes with responsibility. If you own a city in Eretz Yisrael he has to purchase uh, uh, access. He's required to make the roads, purchase the land for the roads. Because if it's inaccessible, people aren't going to want to settle there. And therefore, you have to make it possible for people to settle there. You have to go out and purchase roads from, uh, 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 from all four sides because of the importance of settling the land of Israel. Okay, gentlemen, have a good show. Thank you.